Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of the Savior. Feels us try to 
power of Christ in me, from life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny, no power of hell, no schemes of man can ever pluck me from his hand, till he returns or calls me I'll stand. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. that you all had a great weekend so far. Uh, I hope that the sun continues to shine. I hope that I can make it through this sermon. (laughs) And I hope you you don't fall asleep. (laughs) Uh, We talk a lot about hope. Uh, We use it in our everyday language, but how do we define it? Well, the word can be used as a noun or a verb. The verb... um, 
is more of something that we do, while the noun is something more that we possess. And the, it's the noun that I want to talk about. So I want to look at first how it's used in the Bible. Can anybody tell me how many times the noun hope is used in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? You are absolutely correct. None. Zero. That surprised me. Throughout all the Gospels, the word hope as a noun never appears. It's all over the New Testament, though. I want to talk about the one that's in Hebrews, and I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the, you know what the difference is between the Christian hope and the hope of the world? Well, the dictionary will, def will define hope for the world as a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. I look at that and I think, it's a wish. You wish for something to happen. This something you prefer to happen, but it can or cannot. The wish has varying degrees of strength or, or that kind of a hope. The strength of a person's hope is equal to the strength of their desire. If they, if they lose strength of their desire, of that ex expectation, then they lose hope. Hope is a great thing, this type of hope, because it motivates many great things in the world. But it is still far inferior to the hope that we have in Jesus, the Christian hope. Now, while the strength of the secular hope lies in the strength of a person, the strength of Christian hope rests on the faithfulness of God. Yes. It is still an expectation, but it's a confident one that comes from God whose goodness and mercy prevail and whose promise never fail or cannot fail. In other words, Christian hope is the hope that can permeate our lives to the point of being foundational. We know things are going to happen. We know that it will come true. The expectation will never fall short. It is not wishful thinking, this Christian hope. It is solid, foundational hope. The writer of Hebrews talks about this in uh, verse 23 of chapter 10. It says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And I like this word, unswervingly. It makes me think of a, uh, a car going down the road without going to the left or the right, just going completely straight. <laughs> and that reminds me of the first time I learned to drive. My dad taught me. <laughs> and on our first lesson, it actually seemed like the advanced course because of what he had me do. What did he have me do, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Well, <laughs> basically what he did, well, we were out driving and it was, it was fine. I was getting, getting along and everything. Then he, then he said, okay, let's drive all the way home. Driving all the way home doesn't sound like much, but when you think about where we lived, it's, it's a bigger deal. We lived on a military base in a housing area. And the military bases are known for their uh, efficient use of space, particularly in the housing areas. So there are no driveways on the street. It was just parallel parking. That's all right. Parallel parking, that's okay. Then you think about how narrow the streets were. Okay. I say you could fit three cars side by side on the street. 
It's a one-way street. That's okay, right? They're, ho they're housing on both sides, so there's parallel parking on both sides. You can fit three cars side by side. There's cars parked on either side of the street, and me, on my first day driving, had to drive through these things without hitting anything. You'd think I'd be nervous. That was as cool as a cucumber. Okay, no. <laughs> but I had to be unswerving or else I'll hit something. But that's not what this is talking about. The word really means firmly or without wavering. The, the letter says to hold on to our hope and not to change it. And why is that? Because he who promised it is faithful. Yes, God is faithful. He has proven that over and over again throughout history. Now, what do we do with this unwavering hope? He goes on to say, we, we spur one another on toward love and good deeds. In other words, we encourage one another and serve one another out of love. We take the hope that is in our Savior and launch from that, launch from that solid ground into opportunities to lend each other hands out of love. This hope is the heart of ministry. If it weren't for the hope of Christ, many of us wouldn't go on missions. <clears throat> Excuse me. If it weren't for that position of hope, we can easily think about what's, what's in things for us rather than what other people need. Now, what if our good deeds and love went toward those who are in a position in their lives to start losing or wavering in that hope. I want to paint a picture for you. Well, I didn't paint it. Uh, I drew it. Well, I didn't draw it, but Kathy drew it, our administrator. I said, do a sailboat uh, with a lighthouse, and this is what she came up with in like, I don't know, five minutes or something. Isn't that good? Yeah. If I had half that talent. But my favorite part is the lighthouse. I love lighthouses. When I went to St. Augustine, I made sure to visit the lighthouse. I'd love to go to the coast of Maine to see the lighthouses. And in the midst of writing this, uh, I found out that Wednesday was National Lighthouse Day. So I thought that was pretty cool. Okay, so we have this boat. Bob is on that boat. I don't know who Bob is. We're just, it's a common name, so I threw it in there. I could have said Roger is on the boat, but for what I'm talking about, I, I, don't, wanna, I don't want it to be Roger. So <laughs> that's Bob is on the boat. Um, he is just cruising right along, and he sees the lighthouse, so he knows exactly where he is, right? Everything is working out well, and then some random high wind just blows through out of nowhere. The storm comes. It blindsides him. We have storms in our natural lives as well, and it can, they can blindside us. Now, rather than being winds and rain and thunder and all that, our storms can involve tears and frustration and heartache. Maybe the storms we witness are family members turning their backs on us, or maybe it's a financial charge we weren't expecting, or the loss of a job, or... Maybe it's a diagnosis of a disease that's going to change the course of our lives. 
It is that storm that I want to talk to you about today. I know it's something that we all deal with at some point in our lives. Now, let's say Bob gets a diagnosis of cancer. Bob's storm and our storms have a great deal in common when you picture this boat. The winds can change the course of the boat just as diagnosis can change the course of our lives. Another thing to consider is that in this grand storm that Bob is witnessing, others around don't even feel the wind of this storm, let alone notice that it's happening. But if he keeps his eyes open, he can still see that lighthouse. During the storm, Bob expects that the boat will float. He has the wishful thinking that the boat will not capsize. And he has the expectation of making it through this storm. He looks down and sees the waters rising, the oceans rising. He hears a thunder's roar. But he, who has the world hope, just hopes he doesn't have to go for a swim. No one wants to tread water during a storm. We want to go to safety as quickly as possible, don't we? Some many fears and uncertainties rear their ugly heads when we deal with cancer. And I'm sure people, oh, I know people in this very room can relate either in the past through someone they know or currently. At the same time that he holds the expectation of survival, he must trust the experience of whoever's navigating this thing. Do they know how to um, counter the winds? Do they know all the tricks? Well, I hope so. Because he is relying on the navigator's expertise over his own. If this trust is violated, he would have a lot different expectations, wouldn't he? Now, the object and the trust of a, a diagnosis or a person that gets diagnosed with cancer can be with the doctors, the medical staff, the hospitals. And that's, that's all fine. However, the medical folks don't leave the hospital with you. You're on your own. Now, as Christians, we know that our navigator is God. <laughs> Not only that, but we know that he knows how to counter these winds, and we know that we can trust his expertise over our own. Best thing yet, I know that he will not and cannot violate our trust. He is faithful. Never once will he leave us. Never once will he forsake us. Now, do you see the sails on that boat? Notice anything different about them? Those sails are torn. That means the winds were high enough to unravel the fabric of, this, of the sails, and now the boat is just adrift. It cannot propel itself forward. The condition of the boat is the aftermath of the initial blow of the storm. He, he's sitting in the eye right now. Part is hit, he's in the calm, but more is coming. He 
he is adrift. And if he keeps drifting, he'll be decidedly lost. Of course, unless he keeps his eye on the lighthouse. Thankfully, he can drop that anchor. And that anchor will allow him to stay right where he is. And that anchor is the Christian hope. All the other stuff is there, but we have the anchor. Wishfully expecting to stay afloat is great, while trusting the capable doctors is fantastic, but our unwavering, solid hope anchored in Christ is the best thing going for this situation here. Someone anchored in God will say, when the oceans rise and thunders roar, I will soar with him above the storm. Not I wish I don't have to swim. And when I think of that song, I think of Sue. I think of everything that she's gone through. Now, there are other people in the world, but right now, what God is doing in Sue's life, she exhibits what it means to rise with God above the storm. Now, this is a credit to God. I wanted to get that clear. It's because of her hope in God. She decidedly went through the initial storm and stood still in that unnerving eye, but she held and still holds on to the hope of Christ more than everything. The song, Solid Rock, <laughs> a line sticks out to me. It says, in every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. The anchor that Edward Mode is talking about is found in Hebrews 6, 19 through 20, where it says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us. The veil was the same veil that was torn when Jesus shed his blood on the cross, broken and poured out all for love. The whole earth trembled, and the veil was torn. Gave us direct access to God, and that is where our hope is anchored. That is where our hope lies. Bob starts out remembering that hope is the anchor for the soul. But he and his caregivers start to have difficulty staying afloat on their own. People pray, which is fantastic. We need to keep doing that. Don't stop doing that. But something is missing for him. Here's the thing. Unlike many other diseases, cancer attacks the very hope that we try to hold on to. And if Bob is not prayerful, careful, or supported, he could start forgetting about the anchor and just look at those torn sails. Even if we are fully able to hold on to the hope today, it is one of the diseases that can change our course and our direction of hope quickly and set us adrift. And that's where the upcoming ministry that you read about in the newsletter comes in. We're teaming up with a ministry called Our Journey of Hope, which is part of the Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I, I went to a two-day training in Illinois 
to certify me to start this ministry here. Uh, the goal of the eight-week training is to make a difference in countless lives. Now, many of us have a heart to minister to people and also to minister to those with cancer. Over 1.6 million Americans are diagnosed with cancer every year. Now, can't be that many in Elwood. We don't have that many people. And I don't know how many are actually in Elwood, but according to that number, it's 20-something every year based on our population. That's a lot of people. I also know that I can look at this prayer concerns list and see a number of names. This isn't all the people in our church. Some people don't know. Some people haven't told us. But I know that we can minister to every and all people on the list. Being part, uh, we want to bring a practical support to the, and the hope of Christ to every person in our congregation and community affected by this illness. The ministry is first to the congregation with the goal of growing to the community. In difficult times, God's answer is often the gift of hope. It's that anchor. Cancer changes lives of those whom it touches in ways that few can imagine. God desires to give people with willing hearts the ability to take his precious gift to the hurting and change the difficult road to a journey of hope. This ministry is one of hope, one of courage, and of compassion. God promised to give Jeremiah hope. The fact that God promises to Jeremiah shows his support for those who trust him. The hope that he promised Jeremiah is still available to us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Anyone interested in joining me in this ministry, there's a sign-up sheet at our Connection Central, which you, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It looks really nice. And to learn more about this important ministry, just contact me. I'll answer any questions that you may have. The key thing, though, is the first meeting is September 30th. It is an eight-week training program. It's going to be right here in the sanctuary. Feel free to sign up as soon as you can. That way we can get a feel for uh, and get the schedule out to everybody. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we, might, how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. We as a church also strive to hold on to the hope that we have in ourselves and those around us. We are usually very good at encouraging one another. That's one of the big strengths of this church. We are encouragers. And I'm sure Bob would be prayed for and encouraged. However, we're not completely equipped to go beyond that. And I want to change that because we can do more for these people. We could spur one another on deeply when we encounter this disease when we're equipped. We can, in turn, be the lighthouse 
for those stranded by their storms of cancer. This ministry is just one of the ways that we can share in the love and good deeds and sustain a spiritual direction of hope for all involved. Won't you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, you do give hope. You give salvation. You give joy. You give compassion. You give strength. And we thank you that the strength of our hope in you is not reliant upon ourselves, but rather who you are, what you have done, what you continue to do in our lives, and what you will do. We pray that we can be a support to those who seek this lighthouse, to those who uh, continue to find their direction. And we thank you most of all, God, for your, your son, for his sacrifice to bring us all hope of the world. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, to begin that journey, to have that anchor in Christ, first of all, we need to know Christ. Um, and knowing Christ is to make that step of faith. The step of faith to accept him as your Lord and Savior. He'll give you that strength. He'll give you that anchor. And if there's anyone here today that uh, wants to do that, uh, wants to give your life to Christ, begin that journey, begin that life that we know where we're anchored um, I'm asking that you do that now during our hymn of invitation. And as, as uh, Raphael alluded to, Solid Rock, um, number 92, verses 1 and 2.